and I will be right down. Thank you very much. Woe to the hypocrites. So that's what we're going to do today. Jesus is going to uh, pronounce seven woes to the Pharisees. It's going to be denouncing all the things that they're doing wrong. Um, One commentator said, if you also look at what Jesus taught, in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, it's going to be, that's going to be what we should do. And what Jesus is now going to say is what you shouldn't do. It's kind of a reverse of what Jesus has taught so far. And he would deny those things. And I think I have a slide here. Yes, um, a woe is an indictment for behavior that will least lead to disaster. So what Jesus is actually doing, and which we've been seeing him do throughout the book of Matthew. He loves his enemies to even confront them and say, stop doing that because your behavior would lead to disaster. And so now it's going to be very, um, it's going to be seven long lists of why Jesus wants them to repent um, for the way they live. And for what they live also. We have talked about some of the things. And we'll get into some of them. Uh, some of them again today. Um, so that's kind of just uh, where we are going with. Uh, where we're going today. Uh, so if I just skip one back. We'll read through uh, 23. 13 to 36. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither, for neither, for neither yourselves nor, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. That was the first slide. It takes no Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. Woe to you, blind guides, who say if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, For which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold scarce? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the the gift or the altar that makes the gift scarce? 
So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These things you ought to have done without neglecting the other. You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we, we would have not taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of white puss. How are you going to escape the sentence of hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes and some of whom you kill and crucify and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, who you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Could you go up and just turn me down a little bit? I'm feeling, I'm hearing it's a little too loud. <coughs> So if we go back to the first one, and we just go, we're just going to go one by one, and then and then uh, thank you, and then um, just talk about yeah each one. What is Jesus um, pointing out in the hypocrisy and the behavior? And if you remember, hypocrisy is um, putting on a mask. Uh, it's what they said in Greek about you're taking on a role in the theater. Uh, you are acting. You are playing a role. Uh, so that's how hypocrite is, is used here is that you, you portray something that you're really not. 
Um, and so Jesus used hypocrites uh, six times out of seven, uh, or did it, is it seven in these things? Where he is trying, and if you're looking at it from the perspective I said in the beginning, that Jesus is, will expose them and us of any motives for living for ourselves, or at least living inconsistently with what we are portraying. Uh, we have a whole world like that now where we have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, where you, can, where you can show a part of you who has nothing to do with who the real you are. Uh, they didn't have this at this point in time, so, so it was what the outside looked like, what kind of actions was. The thing about Jesus, the thing about God, is that he doesn't just look on the outside but sees the inside. And so these, uh, these seven wo- woes is going to be about their insights and about how their so-called beautiful appearance and clothes and righteous deeds were not what God was looking for. And I'm thankful also that Joseph had read the text and found the reference from Micah because I also have those slides, but then I don't have to use them. But uh, because it's about like... What is it that God really wants from us? Does God want our stuff? No. He has everything in the whole world. Does, does, he, want, does he want our begrudging, begrudging submission to him? No. What he has asked of us is to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. The thing about that is that that cannot... (laughs) You can't offer that as a shell and inside be full of greed and anger and all those things. And that is what Jesus will expose to the Pharisees and to us when we look at this. And... Now we will take one at a time. So Jesus says in 13, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourself nor allow others, allow those who would enter to go in. So Jesus is going straight after their whole core of who they are. They think they are very righteous because of the deeds and all the things that they do. And Jesus is saying, no, you you know what? You are like people who, there's like people wanting to come to God and you are just slamming the doors in their faces. The interesting part is you're standing outside as you're slamming, slamming the door. You are not going in either. It's very interesting to see how would they even hear that and respond to that? If they think that they are doing all the things that they should be doing, there's no way they would listen to what Jesus is saying. Just shortly about what does this mean for us and what, how can we even look to this and be like, well, of course we're not going to be like that. Like Our heart's desire is to 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 know and love God and live for him in righteousness and mercy. So, of course, we are not going to live lives on purpose 
slamming the door in people's faces. I'm just going to steal one of uh, Lee's uh, classic stories about when he worked in a airplane factory trying to share Jesus with one of his co-workers. And, and, he, and Lee was like, okay, so will, are you ready to follow Jesus? And he just said, I'm, I'm still looking at your life. So, also, as, as Karim was just praying before, also that we, we know that the Bible says that the Lord's hand is not too short to save. But man, I don't know about you, but sometimes, man, I... I get stuck just focusing on things that aren't working or just go like, God, I know you can do this, but it doesn't seem like you're doing it. Do I stop believing that he can? And, 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 and is my lifestyle in a way that I'm turning people away from the kingdom of God or is it something that draws people nearer to you? So Jesus is asking the Pharisees like, could you stop turn, could you stop living a life where you are you are you're supposed to be the people of God who are drawn in the nations to worship me. And you know what? You are you are hindering them from coming to me. Could you stop doing that? And this is kind of the same thing in the in the next one where he says that you are so zealous about your own sect of being a Pharisee. You travel across lands to force people to do things I never asked them to do and therefore you make them ready to go to hell twice as much as yourself. Talk about crappy teaching. Like here is that it's a people, a mo- seal, motivated religious seal of somehow winning people to something that's not really God and when they do they pervert those people so they are more ready to go to hell than even the teachers are that's the exact opposite of what the first rule was as well it's like what is it that you're doing you're not leading people to God but you're leading people to yourself you're leading people astray the third will is about blindness Jesus has already said that they are blind in chapter 15 you're blind and when the blind lead the blind you, you end up in a ditch and then Jesus goes and talks to them about like I'm tired of your fakeness and your manipulation and you have no idea what value is and where value comes from because you make tricks when you swear things and say, oh, I was swearing, ah, but it doesn't matter because it wasn't on the gold or the offering. And Jesus is exposing them. like, you have no idea where the value comes from. Like, why is the temple scarce? It's because of the person who lives there. Not because of the gold or the offerings. Everything is God's. And he is really not 
swayed by your outward appearances because he knows what's inside. So what about us? Are we, are we good at going to church? Are we good at saying all of the right things? Have we, not me, but other people. Do they look really nice outside and, and, and say the right things, but inside there's not really love and kindness and mercy towards people? Do we think that we can get away with things if we promise to be really nice to God or not nice to God if we plead with God that if you give me this and I will swear this then I will be then I will just really follow you a lot or then I would really stop being merciful or kind to people if you do this and Jesus exposed him like have you no idea who the temple was built for and whose presence came to dwell there and you're so blinded by your own greed that you think gold and offerings are better than the presence of God and like when you talked about early don't swear just let your yes be a yes and your no be a no you can't turn a hair gray or anything you don't even you didn't even you don't create the body so how about you stop doing all these weird things and then come before God who's on the throne. Stop swearing by heaven because you don't own heaven. God does. He's on his throne. Repent and honor God. And don't just talk about your faith. Live it out. Let you yes be a yes instead of coming up with all these strange things. Jesus in the Beatitudes says, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. Here we are dealing with a group who believe they have lots of power and who, have a, who has a spirit that is not meek or poor because they believe they are right and everybody else is wrong. But Jesus explained to them, no, no, it's actually you that are wrong. Uh, the fourth woe is tithing. And uh, like other things, that Jesus is not um, here saying you shouldn't tithe. He is upholding the statue by saying you should have done, you, are ought, you have ought to do both. But the problem is that the problem is not you are tithing out of like your spice rack or small different things. The problem is that you think that your religious tithing, and I was even thinking about myself, like, okay, so I give it to the church and I give it to other organizations, but do I care what, what <laughs> do I care what happens to other people? Do I care when there's injustice and other things? Like, do I care? Do I, do I lack mercy on my children and other people? But I can do my religious tithing or giving and think I'm fine. So I was just I was just thinking of myself, and I, I'm just I'm not just yelling at the Pharisees. So I was like, what does my heart look like? like yeah, I did. That's <laughs> I have schedules that in. That's something I do. I'll try to slow down for the translation. Uh, 
but am I am I doing this out of love of who God is and, and for his justice and his mercy to come from him and come out of me or am I just like now I have done my religious duty it's the first of the month I have now given I am a great giver and I don't I don't really think that <laughs> I think from as we met from Micah it's just not well God's like hey man like Christian you're like awesome thank you thank you so much for your tithes and offerings I'm just so happy that you did that I would really like that you live that out for me and through me um, and show mercy and kindness and justice for the people now, Je- now Jesus is going after the Pharisees and, and he is uh, <laughs> uh, he's using ridiculous pictures here we've we just seen and I, I just I mean it's just been challenging for me going through Matthew and great at the same time but Jesus man, he uses so many pictures and metaphors and stuff and here he uses the same like like you you guys you you, uh, you some people are talking about water and wine where they strain things so they wouldn't eat uh, dead things because it was really bad to eat dead things and stuff so you're straining out like these small things before you drink a cup of water or a cup of wine but you gladly put in a huge camel and swallow that thing so that's kind of the pictures he's saying like you are tithing your herbs and that's like the gnat but you don't care about people whether the justice is being happening or mercy or faithfulness is being happy happening. You're not faithful to God. You don't show mercy and you don't show justice. So therefore, you are saying, like, I don't want to eat this uh, small gnat because that will make me unclean. But you eat the biggest unclean animal possible, and that's the camel. I doubt that the Pharisees are laughing, <laughs> but I think maybe some of the other people are. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It, it could be that some of the other people that aren't Pharisees are a little bit, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> but, I don't know. In Matthew 6, Jesus also talks about giving to the needy. You don't play a trumpet like the Pharisees and say, Hey, look at me. I'm giving to the needy. Uh, don't do that. And then we talked about Micah. It's about like... It's not about how much you can offer to God. It's how much you can live this out. Live out what God has done in and through you. And he continues in the same theme of the outside and the inside and contrasting those things. And Jesus says, Woe to you, Pharisees and hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside is full of greed, self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, and the outside also may be clean. Somebody was saying that this was actually a real discussion <laughs> among the Pharisees whether Jesus would actually only clean the outside <laughs> or the inside of the things they were using. And so for us with modern 
thinking of like um, germs and stuff. Like, why would you clean the outside if the stuff you are actually getting comes from the inside? But it's another thing. But what is he saying? It's the same thing we talked about before. Like, the and this is about cups, though. <laughs> this is about cups and plates, but it's also about themselves, and they would come in the next world. It's like you you make things look pretty on the outside, but it's dirty inside. You're giving me a dirty cup. Well, other people are dirty cup, but it's really nice on the outside. It's just as many dreams as it was before. Come on, guys. Like He uses it to say, like, the issues he's had with the Pharisees and has for them the whole time is, like, you're full of greed. You think only about yourself. You're so blind, and you can't even see it. You can't see your full of greed. You can't see your full of indulgence yourself. You're totally blind. Don't you understand? You need to not just be clean from the outside. You have to be clean on the inside, and then the outside should be cleaned. You're like whitewashed tombs, outwardly appearing beautiful, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. So you outwardly appear righteous to us, but within you, you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Jesus is using all sorts of words <laughs> and like so many things. You're full of hypocrisy, lawlessness, greed, and selfishness. And here he's using the pictures of uh, which I learned, which I didn't know, is a, and the, if you remember all the way back, it's a long, long thing. But I just set up. So the guy who says he doesn't want to follow Jesus because his father is dead, um, is there's something illogical about the story? Because because people who died should be buried immediately, almost the same place they died. And so at this point in time, uh, when because. There's also the unclean, uncleanliness laws, so people can't touch dead people. So you would actually, once a year, you would show people where the tombs were, and you'd be like, "Well, Jesus, he was ma- he was not married. He was buried in a tomb where they had this big um, stone." Yes, that's if you were rich. Then you would have one of those graves like that. But most people wouldn't, so it'd be just graves that would be on, strangely enough, on the ground, and you couldn't see if there was dead people in there. So once a year they would wash them so people could see so they wouldn't touch it and be unclean. So this is some of what Jesus is talking about. Some people would say that even the big tombs of the uh, the ones we're going to talk about next would be maybe visible even as Jesus is teaching. So it's a very... Um, he uses what they can see to teach. And he says, like, you are like that. You're like this beautiful tomb who looks great but inside you're full of dead man's bones, uncleanliness, and hypocrisy, and lawlessness. It's kind of a bad day at the office for the, for the Pharisees. To just be over and over again, reminded about, it could be a good day, but I see through you. I see not just what you're outside, I see what you're inside. You have a lot of things that need to change.
Jesus talks about Matthew 6, about where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If these people are full of lawlessness and progressy and greedy, their treasures are not in heaven, but right with themselves. You cannot serve money and um, God at the same time. Do I have a... No, that's the next one. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets, decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the the days of our fathers, we wouldn't have not taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourself that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets, filling up the measure of your fathers. So in this one, it's a... Uh, Paul talks about having a right view of ourselves. Not a high view and not a low view, but a right view. Pharisees and scribes have a very uh, elevated view of who they, who they are. They're talking about like, oh, if we were alive, and fathers means generations, so it's not, it's not they're actually their fathers, it's the people who are in line of their fathers. So, so they would say like, okay, but when the prophets came to to uh, call back the, the, the people of God, we would have listened. <laughs> we would have listened. You know, we would have heard it the first time. We would have just welcomed the prophets and said, like, you're right, we're going to repent and uh, follow God. And so, since a lot of people didn't do that, and the scribes and Pharisees now are saying that they would have done that, Jesus is like, no, you wouldn't have. You have an ex- extremely high view of yourself with uh, hindsight also, but the problem is that you're in exactly the same line and you would have done the same also. I was just, I don't know. Sometimes I think about, like, how would I have reacted in different different, um, different um periods of time I, I, this is going to be <laughs> controversial but I think I could have been a pretty good Nazi like I, I the way I just love structure and, and like to what people maybe not what people tell me what to do but just like the arrogance of saying if I go back in, in, in history I would have been on the good side there's no way we know those things and so the arrogance of these people uh, saying that no 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 we would have listened to the prophets yeah, but you wouldn't because you killed John and you're going to kill me. No, you wouldn't have. Because you're just trusting in yourself and you're killing everybody who is trying to lead you to God. And so, just for the record, I'm not for Nazism and Nazis or anything like that. I love Jesus. I live for him, not the other things. It's just... I think sometimes we it's easy to say like oh man like I was going to do this and this and this I don't know if we uh, I don't think that it's very fruitful either but to have like a right view of who we are not like an elevated one Oh this is a lot longer isn't it Oh yeah that's a lot longer though, where he calls them vipers and and he's already done this before. He's used his language of them being serpents. And, um, and, and here, here is the big question. How are you going to escape the sentence of hell? 
Like Jesus has just mentioned all these things. You're selfish, greedy. You lead people astray. You shut people out of the kingdom of God. And he's just like, and you're a brood of snakes and vipers. Like how are you going to get out of hell? And Jesus is going to say like, God's been saying, I have sent you prophets and wise men, scribes. And you killed them. You crucified them. You're just saying right there like, we wouldn't have... You know, we would have embraced any prophet. No, you killed them. And you're going to continue to do the same. We saw this next persecuting people from town to town. And then the, this. I think it's such a great thing of Jesus saying, How will you escape hell? Because he's going to ask them, like, How is it? What is your righteousness? What is it you're trusting in? In some sense, inviting them to understand. And then he's going to say something about on this generation. All the righteous blood from Abel to Zechariah will be on this generation. This is going to happen. And maybe like maybe like you maybe like me you are in your mind going like isn't that what they say when Pilate says my hands are clean? And the Pharisees yell out, the blood be on our heads and the heads of our children. They will have all that blood shed on them. And that's the exact sentence up there where Jesus is saying, how will you escape hell? God has withheld some of his wrath towards you and hasn't killed you immediately Jesus says to the Pharisees all this will be on your generation you would even say you want it but it's going to be my blood that's going to be shed and you will have a chance to see that and repent and and, and actually escape hell and the wrath of God but it doesn't really look like it at this point in time that they will do that. <coughs> and Jesus even earlier says, like, the people that bear bad fruit, the tree, the root, um, the tree is going to get um, cut down. The judgment on the false teachers. In Matthew 7. The interesting thing is that, the interesting thing, or, interesting thing is that if they are still left listening to Jesus none of them responds or repents or comes to him and that's not exactly true because we do have some of the Pharisees and we hear even in the Acts that some of the Pharisees do believe in Jesus so for them this was a day of salvation or even contemplating this Jesus is even to the enemies sharing the good news that will come that it's not about outward righteousness about looking nice but about a transforming of the inside out to follow God and the blood that was shed innocently and the rebellion we've done against God and one another and like how can we even be forgiven like how am I going to pay should I give my firstborn up as Micah said so that I can be righteous with you and God says no but I give you myself. I'll give you Jesus. 
dying on a cross, his blood shed so that you can be free. His resurrection so you can be resurrected. His glorious return so you can have a glorious hope of all things being restored. All right, so if we, okay, so what about us? Like we, I've just did, done the examples for myself. What about you? You're sitting there maybe with some different things and inside and you're like, well, I do actually have greed. I do have uh, pride. I do, like. So should I just act and clean myself on the outside or how do I even get the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from the inside? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Understanding that no matter how much we clean, it's like one of our children or small children trying to clean a mess and it's just going to get worse. No, it's only through the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus and the acceptance of that love that God shows us in that that we can have any chance of being clean on the inside and then the outside will also be clean. problem with that is that we have very tiny very very tiny <laughs> um, who comes in, like ah remember we, we are so bad at remembering that we can be with God in the morning praising him and then we go out the door and somebody is an idiot and everything blows up and we're like everything's horrible like And we can just lose, like, the amazement, the, the craziness the, that the God of the universe makes possible for us that we can have all these things forgiven. But we forget. We forget, and then we mess up, and we forget to go to Him, and then instead we, we're over here working, and we're trying to clean ourselves again. And Jesus is standing, I did it! Like, you know, you're trying to do religious deeds or do good things so people would love you or other people would. And, and Jesus is like, no, I did that. So instead of trying to clean ourselves, we come back and repent to God, to, to Jesus and say, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I... I guess I got caught up in my religious deeds. I, I guess I, 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 I forgot to see what was inside. I, I guess I, I guess I forgot again that you are the one who make a way for me, and it's not my religious deeds, but it's all the way that I am so loved by you and so cared for, and I set so much free that then I will go and live out that life not the other way around I'll make myself clean and then I'll come to you I'll believe that I'm loved but it's the other way around and the more I think the more you walk with Jesus you would have a tendency to try to do it on your own sometimes then Jesus in his uh, kindness sometimes lets us fall and see no no like you cannot do it you need me it's not on your own because that's not the life I have for you the life I have for you is in me that you do it through me. 
not, not fighting for it yourself. You'd be like, I, I've never had any of those problems. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but let's just take a di- di- diagnostic of our what's inside and what's compared to what's outside. What is it? What is it that we live for? And can that be seen? What do you value most? It's your job, your kids, your education, money, fame, status, your spouse. What are your daily prayers about? Where do our money and time go? Number one, where does value come from? The Pharisees missed it completely. That they were in the house where God dwelled. And they thought it was about the material things. Our call is not a call to get God's stuff, but to be so overwhelmed with who God is that we understand that we get Him and then live from that. And you might be like me, like, but that's, we're going to be strange. Yes. That was my number one reason because I didn't want to become a Christian. I don't want to be as weird as those people. But you can't not be weird. The believers have always been strange. The the world is different. We will always stick out. And that's a good thing. We're supposed to be lights. We need to be different. Because if darkness is there and we simulate darkness people can't see our light. They can't taste the flavor of something different. The salt and the light that we're supposed to be that can only be found in Jesus. And so I... I know this was like Jesus just... You know, hammering the evil, uh, pretentious, uh, false teachers and and stuff. But I, I think also we have to <laughs> make sure that we don't insert ourselves in the Bible as the good guys and be like, "Hey, I, you know what? I I would probably be like Jesus. You know, I, I would probably live a perfect life and and die for other people's sin." And because that's not what we would do. I'm pretty sure if I had the family background, I would be a Pharisee. I would like be trying to like murder Paul and other people. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. But but just let, let's be real with where we are, and not sit us in as like, oh, I would have definitely, I would have followed Jesus immediately. It's like, well, maybe it wouldn't have. So just I, I was just asking us to to look at the beauty of who Jesus is and what he's done. Make sure that we're not so focused on cleaning the outside that people can't see that you actually need help inside. 
that you need prayers, you need to know and love Jesus more, you need Him to change you from the inside. And you'd be like, oh man, that's a long process. Yes, it is. And it's, sometimes it's very slow. And there's a great promise is that it's going to take until Jesus comes back. So there's hope. And you'd be like, I would like it to go a little bit faster. Yes, so would I. Uh, for myself, a lot of times. But the hope is that Jesus is doing it. He's molding us more and more into his likeness. And he's promised that he will do it until he come, um, it will be accomplished when he comes back. So, I mean, so it's like it's a call for us to look at what's inside and repent of the things that are not of God because we cannot worship other things than God and God at the same time. And Paul says in Romans to kill those things. Well, this thing has to die. My pride, my arrogance, my uh, seeking worldly affirmation, those things have to die. And just bring those things to God and say, this needs to die. Bring accountability in your people around you, the people you walk with, praying with you. And I really believe we do see Jesus way more as powerful in our lives and that we can live in his grace and mercy towards us and we can show that to other people um, I would like us to pray I, I think I've written some kind of a prayer here so let's if we'll just pray together Jesus we ask you to cleanse us that we might shine bright where you set us whether it's at home, at work, at play, at school, the things you've revealed, that I seek you, that I seek you, that I seek more than you. I give them to you. Help me kill the sin. Let me trust in you and all things and live for you. And let me trust that you do love me, God, as you said in your word. That you made, you had a plan when you made me. That's why you made me. Let me embrace that. Let me not embrace the world, the flesh, and the devil who gives them a different way. Let me embrace the reason why you have created me. God, we ask that you would help us to see this great news about Jesus. I pray that you would help us have great joy in Jesus and that our minds and hearts will daily dwell and praise God for him. In his life, in his death, in his coming back, and Lord, we ask that you would do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that we would live out our lives in that power. And we ask that you will help us to live out in Christ so people will see who you are. We ask that you will live us, help us live all these things out. Our faith would not just be a bunch of words, but it will be lived out for who we are. From the smallest here to the to the biggest to the oldest to the youngest. Lord, we thank you for this time. Your kindness and graciousness to our just I ask you to re- Help us to remember better every day.
all the things that you've done and what you do every day. Help us to share testimonies because you are a living God and we'll be reminded about those things. Lord, you know exactly how all of us came in. Some of us came in just so happy and glad and grateful. Some of us came in like just gnashing our teeth and being super annoyed and frustrated with things. Some of us came in in the middle and we were... But Lord, I do pray that, that as we have shared your word, we again will be overwhelmed with who you are. Overwhelm us with your kindness and your mercy and your love and your grace and your awesomeness and your holiness. And that will mark who we are and that would go out of our hands and feet. And Lord, we can't do it on our own. We need you to give us that power and we ask that what you will do. Help us to pray for one another. Help us to um, lift one another up. Help us to not be walking alone or think that we're walking alone. But know that you are with and there's others around us. Help us to live this out. Pray the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you have comments, questions, angry outbursts, I'm here to talk also. Uh, remember, you're deeply touched by somebody, something, and you need somebody to pray with you. Um, I'm also here just to ask somebody around you as well. Um, remember, there's none of these sermons that's for you to come here and feel worse than when you came, unless it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, so you need to change. Um, but it is to spur you towards who God is. That you would see a beautiful picture of who Jesus is. And that you would want to le- live a life that goes that way. It's got to be by the power of the Holy Spirit or it's not possible. So, um, 